Amen, 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 amen. We're going to open our Bibles this morning to Matthew, or Mark, take that Mark, Mark chapter 9, and uh, we're going to start with verse 14. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I wanted to, uh, as I was just, you know, yesterday, <clears throat> yesterday, you know, many times I really don't know exactly what I'm going to minister on Sunday morning until uh, Saturday. I really start, I mean, I, I'm study, read, and do all that stuff during the week. And, and uh, But, you know, I was walking around yesterday and I said, God, I want to see people get results. I want to see people get results on what they're believing and praying for. Uh, you know, it's it's frustrating uh, not to get results. You know, we know the Word's true. We know God's real, and we know He watches over His Word to perform it, but there's a lot of times people's not getting results. And uh, I'm going to talk about two reasons this morning, and uh, there's many more. There's others, and uh, so I, I, I hope I just get through with these two. And... Uh, so, uh, but I want to talk about uh, a faith this morning, of course, and getting results. And uh, I want to start in verse 14 of Mark chapter 9. And uh, it says, And when Jesus came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? And then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and wh- wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered him and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and and when he saw him, Jesus saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He said, if you can do anything... You know, that's the problem. That, that This is not one of my reasons why, but there's a, there's an issue when we start putting ifs in there when it comes to what God, if you can do this, if you will do this, because that's a statement of you're really not sure. You're really not sure. And he said, if you can do anything. Now, he obviously believed Jesus could do something because he brought him to him. And uh, Jesus just so happened wouldn't be there. The disciples were, and, and uh, obviously they couldn't cast it out. They couldn't take care of it. And uh, But anyway, the man answered, Jesus said, If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If, listen to what Jesus said, he put it back over on him. I said, he put it back on him. You know, we're putting everything on God. God's done everything, done everything he's going to do. He said this, he said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe, in other words, you have a choice. If means you have a choice. If you can believe, you have a choice to believe whether I can do it or not. Let me read a couple other translations on that that really, that's really pretty neat. Jesus said in the Message Bible, Jesus said this. He said, if there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. If 
There's no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. And then the New Living Translation says, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? I like that. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The NIV says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. I mean, could you imagine when he said, if you can, Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? I'm going to give you some good old Texas terminology. What do you mean if I can? It's not a matter of what I can do. It's a matter of what you can believe me to do. It's a matter of what do you believe in me to do? Not can I do it? Because if you haven't already settled that issue in your heart, you better start settling that. That he can and he will and he has. God has already, you know, we, we, I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we're reading it as if it, God hadn't done nothing yet. And we're asking God, I wish you would do this. He, listen, He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. People who are seeking healing in their body, you don't have to say, will you heal me? If you heal me, He's already done it. It's not a matter of, am I, can I get healed? Well, He says, as far as I'm concerned, you are. God don't see you as the sick. Because he sees you through a redemptive plan that he made through Jesus or through his blood. And so he sees us as already complete in him. Isn't that what the Bible says? We're complete in him. And so we're complete in him. So when he came to Jesus, Jesus said, listen, it's not a matter of what I can do. What can you believe I can do? Where's your faith? What are you believing for? And I'm telling you, some people don't understand this. Y'all do. But some people don't understand your believing has everything to do with your receiving. Huh? And he goes on to say, immediately the father cried, uh, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Have you ever, have you ever been believing God and you know in your heart you was believing, but man, you had some unbelieving thoughts coming to you? Huh? We all have. If you say you haven't, we're going to pray over you real strong this morning. Or not, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to pray. We're going to find out what you're doing to not have those crazy thoughts come into your mind. Because I'm telling you, the devil throws shots at you and through your thought life. Huh? And so he said, help thou mine unbelief. I believe. I got to put it like, I believe in my heart. I'm dealing with my mind, but I'm going to stay with what I'm believing right here. I'm not going to get sidetracked with what the devil's trying to throw into my mind. Listen, all he's trying to do is get you off course. He's just trying to get you out of faith. He's trying to get you to start questioning whether God will or whether he won't. Huh? You've got to settle that with yourself. You gotta settle that issue in your own heart. I can't settle it for you, and nobody else can settle it for you. God Himself cannot settle it for you. You have to settle it in your own life that if God said it, that settles it. Huh? That settles it. So it don't matter what I think, what's coming in here. I believe that Jesus already took stripes for me. I believe that my God has already supplied all of my needs. I believe thus and so forth. You go on like that. Why? Because if you're constantly dealing with I, God, will you? If I don't know if you will or not, are you going to? When's it going to happen and stuff like that? You're still dealing with if he can. You're still in the if you can stage. 
You got to get in. I fully believe it. I fully believe it and expect it to take place in my life. You say, well, pastor, how long is it going to take? How long are you willing to stand? When you've done all to stand. Somebody help me. When you've done all to stand, stand therefore. You got to stand. Listen, the devil's a loser whether you believe it or not. And he has absolutely no authority or power over your life unless you give it to him. If the devil could just kill you at will, none of us would be here right now. Huh? And so he said, Lord, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and to it, uh, uh, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said, this kind cannot come out but by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Let me tell you something about it. it he was not he was not telling them that their faith or unbelief wouldn't come out. He said, listen, there's things we need to prepare for some of the situations we're going to be dealing with in these last days. And I'm telling when it comes to demonic activity and stuff, you better be fasting and you better be praying. Because he was insinuating the demon. And it says that actually in the Amplified Bible. And so we we got to realize we've got to settle in our own hearts that God will do exactly what He said He'll do. And He did exactly what He said He did. Is everybody in church this morning? Come on now, don't let the devil put you on a pity party, get you in a pity party, looking for sympathy. Come on now, I just want to preach right. Listen, I don't need sympathy, although compassion also has that, that, that leaning to it of sympathy. But I tell you, Jesus was moved with compassion and did stuff. And I, compassion is love and mercy. And, and so, you know, listen, we need to settle in our hearts that the Word of God's true. And that settles it. Amen? Look at Luke chapter 5, if you will. Luke chapter 5. Verse 1, 17. Let's go to 17. Y'all hang on till I can figure out and get in the right book. I thought, I know that's the right scripture, but I sure ain't in it. I was in John. Verse 17 says, Now it happened on a certain day as he, Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and uh, teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power, listen to this, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the power of God was present to heal who? It said them. Let me just say this real quick. Religion will always get you looking for something wrong. The religious leaders didn't come to hear anything from Jesus or to get anything from Jesus. They was trying to find fault with Jesus. They was trying to find some way to accuse Him so they could destroy Him. But the Bible says in that even in that atmosphere, the power of God was present to heal them. 
You know, I'm telling you what, every time we come into the house and Jesus is in the house, let me just tell you this right now, the power of God is present to heal. The power of God is present to heal. You said, well, Lord, what if we don't feel it? When did God say faith was built and based upon feelings? You show me in that, that in the Bible and I'll believe it. I, got a, I bought a, a book by Norville Hayes the other day. It says, Faith Without Feelings. It's a little mini book. Sitting in the deer stand and read it the other day. Took me about 10 minutes to read it. Faith Without Feelings. Faith Without Feelings. He said he went and preached the message, uh, uh, was invited, and God said, he said, Lord, what do you want me to preach? He said, I want you to preach on faith without feelings. So he went and said, okay, I really had a good message planned, but I will preach. Anyway, make a long story short. It wasn't really a long story. Anyway, he preached on faith without feelings, preached it, and then he gave an invitation to pray for people, sick people and stuff in that line from wall to wall. He said, I went down there and laid hands on every single one of them, laid hands on every single one of them, and nobody fell out, and nothing happened, doesn't seem to work at all. And he said he laid hands on them, and uh, then then he said, he said, <laughs> we didn't see nothing happen, we didn't feel nothing happen. He asked everybody, he said, how many of you felt anything when you was up here? But, uh, how many uh, didn't feel anything when you come up? Every single one of them raised their hand, they didn't feel nothing when they come up here. But he preached on faith without feelings. He said, We're, because it wasn't based upon your feelings. And anyway, he said, actually, it looks like nothing happened. But you have, you have to know Nor. How many's ever heard Nor- of Norval Hayes? He was different than any preacher you'd ever hear because he was one that he would just pound it into you and 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 pound it into you. And it into you. Amen. And I mean, he was, he was, he was rough around the edges, but I'm telling you what, he got results. But anyway, he, uh, uh, he said, uh, uh, he based it on James, uh, 5, 14, and 15. If there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders' church. Let him know on the wall, pray for faith to save the sick. And if he's committed his sins, they'll be forgiven. And he based it upon that. That's what his sermon was preached on. And he started telling him, I want you to say, James 5, 14, and 15 has healed me. And he said, here's why. Because the Bible says God sent his word and healed. James 5, 14, and 15 has healed me. And he said, you go home and say, thank you, Jesus, that James 5, 14 and 15 has healed me. And you say it over and over and over and over again. When you go lay it back, you say it till you fall asleep. And so he gave them all that instruction. Anyway, the, the, he was coming back to uh, preach the next day. And a young man met him. And he said, you know, I, I know I'm taking, cutting into some valuable. Well, this is valuable to us. And he said he sit there and, and uh, a, a young man met him and he said, you know, I was in line last night and he said, uh, I had club feet. My feet was so bad, I, I, I'm not married. He was in his uh, mid-twenties. He said, I'm not married because I didn't figure nobody would want to look at my feet. I'm not married. My feet was so messed up. He said they were so deformed and everything else. He said, I literally had to learn how to walk where people didn't recognize that there was anything wrong with me. And he said, my feet was so bad. They were horrible. And I never could run as a child. Never could run. I, I was, uh, uh, I couldn't play baseball. I couldn't play anything because I couldn't run. I couldn't hardly walk. And my feet were so messed up. And he said, I've heard people preach on James 5, 14, and 15 20-something times and never have got anything, learned anything. But he said, I got it. He said, when you preached it, I got it. He said, I got it. I got James 5, 14, and 15. And, and, and he said, 
Every morning when I get up, he said, I, I, he said, I went to bed and I, when I went to bed, I said, James, thank you, Jesus, that James 5, 14 and 15 has healed me. I, you're healed me, Jesus. I am healed. Thank you, Jesus. And he said, I said it over and over and over until I fell asleep. He said, I got up the next morning and as I always do, I swing my feet over the, over the, out of the covers and I, I sit in there. And he said, oh, I looked down and my feet was completely normal. That's totally healed and healthy. He said, the first thing I did is put my clothes on and open the door and took off running down the road. Sucky, sucky, sucky. I'm telling you. And we think, well, isn't that a wonderful little story? It's real. I said, it's real. Sometimes we just don't do what's told us to do. Now, I'm not talking about nobody here. Y'all may know somebody like that. Huh? But he said he did it. Anyway. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. When he saw their what? Listen, is your faith visible to God? Jesus' faith can be seen. Faith can be heard. Amen? And the most important person you want to hear is God. But not only that, people can see your faith. Did you know that? Man, people probably got upset about them coming and tearing the roof off and and letting them down before Jesus. Some say, Kenneth Copeland preaches that it was Jesus' house. Well, he's a carpenter. He can fix it. You know, he wasn't worried about that house and whatnot one little bit. Jesus didn't say, get out of here. You're tearing my roof off. No, he saw their faith. He saw their faith and he said, son, man, your sins are forgiven you. And they were thought, well, that's not what we came. Well, I tell you what, that's a lot of times that's what's hindering a lot of people from getting what they need. Just to be honest. Huh? The scribes and Pharisees began to reason among themselves, who is he who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said, then why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you are to say rise up and walk but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and departed to, to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Listen, these guys went in by an act of faith. They took. Uh, Mark Hankins always says this. He said, no, it was Jesse DePlanis says, everybody needs at least four crazy friends. Crazy in faith. Crazy in faith. Amen? People to stand with you, to walk with you, to believe with you. Amen? And so he was totally healed because four people believed in the power of God. Let, let, let's, let me say this real quick, and I'll, I'll go to the next verse, next chapter, next whatever I'm saying. You need to know who's agreeing with you is agreeing with you. You need to know who's praying with you is praying with you. Huh? Thank God for faith people. 
that you can go to them and say, I want you to agree with me, and they say, I'm going to agree with you. And if they agree with you according to the Word of God, Jesus said, whatever you ask, where two or three agrees touching you, think they ask, it shall be done. I'm telling you, make sure when they agree with you, you pray with you, that you stick with the agreement. Huh? That you stick with the agreement. I said that you stick with the agreement. So why are you saying that? Because I guarantee some people, after they get through praying, they walk up and say, I don't know if it's going to ever work. I don't know, I just seem to get getting worse. I don't think ain't nothing even getting better. Honey, you, you, you broke the agreement. Can I be real? You're breaking the agreement. You got to stick with it. You say, no, no, to it. We agreed. We agreed. You said, well, well, I don't know what they're saying. Well, it wouldn't really matter what they're saying if you're not saying right. Anyway, that's all free advice. In Luke one thirty seven, talking about Mary, in verse 37, it says, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now, in Mark chapter 6, I've just been working up to something. Verse 1, it says, And Jesus went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him, and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us, so they were offended at him. So they were offended at him. So they were offended at Jesus. But he said they already just got through saying, aren't they great and mighty works performed by his hands? They knew people were getting healed. They knew there were tremendous miracles taking place in his ministry, but yet they allowed the spirit of familiarity to get in and cause them to be offended. And here's what they thought. Who does he think he is? One translation says, who does he think he is? Coming in here and telling us all this stuff. And Jesus went in there to do just exactly what he did everywhere else. They were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. Now listen to what verse 5 says. He could do. He could do no mighty works there. He could do no mighty works there. Let me tell you this. He wanted to. Everywhere he went, he did mighty works. He wanted to do it there. But there was something that was hindering him from doing it. Listen, if Jesus can be hindered from doing a mighty work because of their offense, he can be hindered if you have offense. He said he could do no mighty work there, no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So Jesus went in there, do what he did everywhere else, and all of a sudden he said they were offended at him, got mad at him, and he could do no miracles there. He probably laid his hand on somebody with a little cold or something like that. 
but he couldn't do no mighty works. There wasn't no major diseases being healed. Wasn't no major things happening, but he went to do it. In, in the sense of how this is said, it leads me to believe that there was people that needed mighty works. Am I right? But they took up what somebody else was saying. Listen, I, I tell people all the time, you know this, you've been here very long, there's something that, that offense will stop the move of God in your life and it will literally stop the blessings of God in your life. Offense will. He said he could do no mighty work there. Where is that place there? In that place where people are offended. Off-ended. O-F-F-E-N-D-E-D. Here's what it does. It gets you off your faith and stops the progress of it. It ends the progress of your faith. And so there's two things he said right here that will stop you from getting results. Two things, offense and unbelief. Offense and unbelief. He said offense will stop him from doing mighty works and unbelief will stop him from doing mighty works. We got to understand we we you and I, me personally, I'll just talk about me a minute. I cannot stop somebody from getting offended, but I can stop me from it. I can't stop somebody else's unbelief, but I can stop mine. See, God wants you. Listen, you, if you're, you're believing, you said, uh, I believe this, a curse without cause cannot alight. We said, well, you know, I, I, so-and-so's doing this, so-and-so's doing that, but what are we doing? Listen, I, I, I've, I've had people come to me and say things that they're trying to get me to take on their offense. They're trying to get me to get mad at who they're mad at. And I'm not going to do it. Somebody shout, I won't do it. Listen, my life's too more valuable than that. Listen, I'm going to need God. Uh, that didn't sound right. I need God. Let's move out. I'm going to. I need God. I need Him every day I wake up. And I'm telling you, if I have an issue or something going on, I don't want me being mad or offended or my unbelief to stop God from being able to bless and move in my life. Listen, you've got to make up your mind every day, every day, that I'm not going to be offended, I'm not going to uh, walk in unbelief. Listen, I've had people literally try to talk me into saying something that, that, that was contradictory to what I believe in my heart. They try to make me make confessions about my body based on how they feel about theirs. You ever heard that? They'll say something crazy and say, you know what I mean, don't you? I said, no, I don't. I tell them that. No, I don't. And they'll look at me funny. I'm not going to take on their issue. I plan on living a healthy, long, satisfied life. I'm shooting for 120 years, whether you like it or not. I'm going to be your pastor a long time. I have young people coming up and asking me if something happens to, if I do their funeral. A lot younger than me. Just had one the other day. I said, hold on. If the thing works the way it's supposed to, I'm supposed to go before you. I know, but I... 
I tell you what they're seeing. They're seeing 120 years on my schedule. And they know they ain't making it that long. Because they ain't even, they ain't hardly even making the shooting past 60. Come on now. They, I'm not going to let nobody else bury me. You say, you ain't going to have nobody do your funeral. No, I'm just saying I ain't going to let their mouth bury me before I'm supposed to be buried. I had, we had an elderly woman we met the other day, and she came up and was talking. We said, Linda said, well, it's good to see you. And she said, well, I always figure it's good to, better to be seen than viewed. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And so we got to understand that we, if we're not careful, now listen, I'm your pastor. If we're not careful, we'll let people talk us out of what we're believing. Man, when you, you've got a rock solid evidence right here, this is the rock that you build your house upon. And when the storms of life come, when the issues come, when sickness tries to attack you, when financial problems, whatever, you're not cratering under it. You're, you, you're, you've got your feet planted on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Read that in Matthew chapter 7. I'm telling you, you've got your feet planted on the sure, first sure foundation that, bless God, you're not going to let anybody sway you off of it. Bless God, you're not going to get me mad. I'm not going to be mad at your enemies. I'm not even going to be offended at my enemies. Glory to God. I am I'm going to please God and He's going to make my enemies to be at peace with me. Glory be to God. You said, are you trying to tell me, Pastor, you can't get mad? No, I ain't telling you that at all. I can get as mad as anybody in this and maybe madder than some of you. But the Bible says, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Be angry and sin not. Give no place to the devil. I'm telling you something. You l- listen. What we ought to be then doing? No. What we need to be doing to individuals that are offended is try to talk them out of that offense. Let them realize we've got to. We've got to uh, forgive. In fact, if you read the Lord's Prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. In other words, in that prayer, he's saying, keep your heart right. And at the end of that prayer, he says, because if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. He said the same thing in Mark 11, 25, when you stand praying, forgive. If anybody, you have all against any, forgive them that your Father in heaven Heaven may also forgive you. Listen, keep your heart clean and pure before God. If, no matter how hard the devil tries to fight you and to get you to get offended and mad and in unbelief, you refuse it in the name of Stand against it like you would a snake. I was watching a, a show and, and it's a, a, it was about a, a, a district attorney and, and she had, uh, had put a guy in prison that was innocent. It was brought up five years later that she had uh, had put him in prison 
at a young age for five years and they come up and say they found new evidence and, and the, they come up and told her, we believe the guy you put in prison is, is, uh, uh, is, is innocent. So she went and talked to the guy in prison. She hated, and she, this is before they found out the evidence was true. She's sitting there talked to him, and he told her, you can go to you know where. And sure enough, they found out that he was innocent of the charge, and she went back to that prison and met with him again, and she told him, we're going to exonerate you. I'm going to go do that. And she said, all I can say is, I hope somehow in your life you can forgive me of costing you five years with your child. And so she got up and turned around to walk out, and he said, you know, a lawyer told me that if I didn't forgive and if I held bitterness, that I'd still be just as locked up when I leave here as I am now in it. He said, so I forgive you. So I forgive you. See, most people don't understand unforgiveness and stuff puts you in prison. You're not getting even with nobody. You're destroying your own life. Messing up your own relationship with God. It's not, it's not worth it, church. You know, we, we look at this and we, we say it and you say, why are you preaching this this morning? Because I was walking around outside yesterday and the Lord told me to. And then it talks about unbelief. And I have scriptures for all this, but I'm out of time. And then unbelief, offense and unbelief. Jesus told, told them in his own hometown, this is why I couldn't do no mighty work for y'all because you're offended and you're full of unbelief. Because offense will always get you in unbelief, always. There's people in this world that are mad at the world. They're mad because of the president that was elected. They're mad because of the, the congressmen and the senators. They're mad. They're mad at everybody and everything, and they're just upset. Let, let me just say this real quick, and I'm, I'm going I'm to let you go in a minute. But here's the deal. That affects you with God. That affects you with God. Because that's still unforgiveness, and that's still offense. And it's doing nothing but bringing doubt and unbelief into your life. Here's why. Because there's no way you can pray for the president, you can pray for the congressmen and women, that you can pray for all these people if you're offended at them and have any chance of your prayers being answered. And then right on top of that, I'm going to throw this out a little deeper. There's no way you can pray for your family, anything else about you, your health, finance, anything else, and get answers either. Because if you did, God's word would not be true. I want us to get results. Don't you want results? I want results. Sometimes we just have to say, Lord, help me. Now, I could, I could preach, well, I got scriptures on all this right here, but y'all kind of pretty well know what I'm talking about. I want to hear people say, look what the Lord has done. Glory to God, look what the Lord has done. Look what God's done. Walk in love. There's other things, you know. Walk in love. Be kind. Be good. And guard your mind and guard your heart. Guard your mind and your heart. 
Help people that are offended. Don't get offended with them. Tell them, hold on, you're, you're, you're in prison, huh? You're in prison, sir. You can't walk in the freedom of God and liberty of God if you're, you're, you're full of hate and, and full, full, full of bitterness and, and, and you're offended and you're, you're unbelieving. You, you can't walk in the blessings of God. It, uh, you know, I, we gotta hear it. Cause there's so many people living that way that's wondering, why aren't things working for me? Why aren't things happening for me? I mean, I've been praying for somebody to get the Holy Ghost one time. I walked up to lay hands on them. God says, ask them if they've got unforgiveness in their heart. Before I ever laid hands on them, I said, do you have unforgiveness in your heart? I said, well, sure I do, she said. She didn't get the Holy Ghost. Because she wasn't willing to let it go even at that moment. God loves you so much and He loves me so much that He had me preach this today. And I preach it to one reason, because I like to keep it in front of me. Huh? I've sat at a service station in Grosbeck before putting gas in with somebody on the other side telling me all kinds of things that people are saying about me as a pastor. Years ago. A long time ago. The person is telling me didn't even like us. I could have went out and I could say, I'll tell you what, I'm going to find out everybody she's been talking to. I could care less. I could care less. You know why, Darlene? I could have cared less? Because everything she was saying was a lie. Everything she said. And I do not have to justify a lie. And neither do you. I said, and neither do you. Some people are so busy trying to uh, justify themselves that they're missing God. You have already been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, you'll find out, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. So you don't repay no evil or no good for evil. How does that say that? I had that in my deal. It's in Romans 12. You pay no evil for evil, that's right. Here's what we need to do. You need to just say, you know, Lord, I don't wish no bad things on them. I pray for you to bless them. Isn't that what he said? Bless those who persecute you and curse you and despitefully use you. He said, bless them and do not curse. That would be the best thing in the world. When somebody does something to you, you just say, God, I pray blessings upon them in the name of Jesus. I pray that you bless them. You said, what am I doing? What am I doing, Pastor? You're keeping your heart right. You're keeping your heart right. Father, we love you. God, I fully expect this congregation to get results when we pray, when we praise, when we read the Word. We're going to get understanding. And God, what if, if anything, God, this may not apply to anybody. It just might keep, keep us on the, on the right path. But God, I pray for every person in this place now. God, every single one of us needs you at all times, 24-7. God, at any given time, God, when we pray, we want to be assured that our prayers are heard 
and our prayers are being answered. God, we don't want to have something going on that we're, we know what the Bible says, especially now we know what the Bible says. And we, we, we know you watch over your word to perform it. You're, you're not a man that you should lie. So you're, you're telling us the truth. So today, Father, I ask. Today, Holy Spirit, I ask that you touch every one of our hearts. God, if there's an offense in our lives, if there's unforgiveness in our lives, if there's just flat out unbelief working in us, show us. Show us right now. God, that we can wipe the slate clean today and we can put this thing under the blood of Jesus and God, it'll be like we start all over again. All over again. With the blessings of the Lord, with goodness and mercy, following after us, chasing us down and overcoming us. We love you today.